0: Welcome to the leading ladies podcast with international leadership coach, speaker, author, trainer, and your host, Fiona McKay. The leading ladies podcast shares stories and advice from women around the world who have successfully navigated the glass ceiling. You'll gain powerful insights into strategies for cracking the glass ceiling, embracing your self worth and value and advocating for yourself and others. So please join Fiona for frank, courageous, and heartfelt conversations designed to take you on a journey to new levels of personal and professional success.
1: Welcome back, leading ladies and male allies. It is another gloomy Saturday here in Seattle, but we have another bright and amazing guest with us here to light up our day, Jill Myers. Now, Jill has been passionate about aviation since age 17 when she got her private pilot's license in Arizona. Those of you listening who've, who've got your wings, I know how special that moment is. She has over 30 years in the industry, including eight in the Air Force, and spent over 25 years working for major organizations supporting major commercial and defense programs. She's also run her, her own consulting business, and she even consulted on an award-winning documentary, Fly Like a Girl, in 2019 and that is actually streaming on Hulu and multiple video on-demand channels. Jill has received many honors and is an elected fellow of the Royal Aeronautical Society, and one of her recent honors was being elected to the top women in aviation and aerospace to follow on LinkedIn list. And of course, as per our last few sessions, we have the amazing Matt Heger with us here today to interview Jill. And we're going to be talking about mentoring matters creating big change for those in our footsteps welcome jill
2: thank you it's great to be here with both of you
3: same here yeah. thanks so much, jill
1: yeah that's quite um uh, quite an amazing bio you have there jill
2: thank you it's pretty long huh <laughs> <laughs> it's been it in business is- in 17 yeah yeah i've been doing this for a long long time and i love it it's a great industry yeah Yeah, i was reading the bio
3: before and listening to fiona give out your bio and just thinking like well how is she gonna stop that how is she gonna stop that and you just kept on doing it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and and i i've been following you for a while now Jill, and i know that you provide a source of inspiration for a lot of women and men on linkedin so we really appreciate you for that
2: oh thank you it's very sweet Round of applause.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Jill, you know that our first question on our podcast is always around the glass ceiling. So, tell me, what are your thoughts on the glass ceiling? How does it show up in today's world?
2: Well, it shows up in a few ways, you know, especially in our industry with such incredibly low percentages of women in general in every single aspect of aviation and aerospace. Um, you know, for me personally, um, I experienced it quite a few times, um, you know, first really in the military, it's a long story we don't have time for, but, you know, I was, I joined the air force and already had my pilot's license initially being told I couldn't get a flying spot because I was female. Cause it was a very long time ago. And I joined anyway, just cause I wanted to be in the air force and be around airplanes and do cool stuff. And later in the military, I was—I um, had joined as an enlisted person and transitioned uh, into officer's training school. And when I got to officer's training school, seven years into my career, uh, I was the only female in the entire training squadron of 40 people, so me and 39 guys. Wow. And it was a 12 week program, and I was doing, I thought, really well. And then two weeks before graduation, I had a serious injury when I was running. And they used that as an excuse to kind of not really legally throw me out. So I never got commissioned and never got to finish my Air Force career. And I know deep down it was because I was the only girl. And um, so that was like my first, you know, being pushed aside for being a female. It's like like
1: being punched in the stomach, just sitting here listening to it.
2: Yes, it was it was quite devastating because I loved, loved, loved the Air Force and really wanted to stay, you know, 25 plus years. Um, but everything happens for a reason. The one huge lesson I learned from my mother, um, and then you know, in the corporate world, of course, in a way, it's it's almost worse. Um, you know, my my career ended up being in aerospace engineering. My degree is in astronautical engineering, and in that world, there are about 13% women right now, which has actually grown quite a bit. One of the few where the percentages have increased over the last 10, 20 years. Most of them have not moved much at all. But still, I was very often the only female in my organization, which I, I honestly never had a problem with it, you know, it never bothered me, except when it became an issue for others. You know? And I guess my best example is, is, is my last time in, in corporate America. Um, I worked for Northrop Grumman. I don't mind naming them outright. <laughs> I worked for Northrop Grumman on the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter program. I uh, started there in 2015, you know, a very senior management role and one of the top, you know, the most complicated aircraft ever built, an amazing, amazing program. And again, I was the first, my, no, no lie, this is not a fake story. My first or second day of work, my, my boss had a staff meeting And it was literally me and 21 guys. And I was sort of horrified at first. And then afterwards, I went over to the executive assistant, who I'm still friends with. And I said, you know, what what was that? Like, seriously? And she said, oh, you're the first female he's ever hired as a manager. He's been here 35 years. And but what was bad about it was I quickly found out that I was paid roughly $40,000 less than all of my male counterparts. And I had equal, if not greater experience than most of them, which is why they hired me. And when I went to human resources director who happened to be a woman um, and asked her if this was the case, she did some homework and said, yeah, you're right. And we're not gonna do anything about it, which is sort of horrifying. And you know, at the time, the president of our part of North Grumman was a woman. She's actually, I believe, still CEO. She was promoted to CEO of the entire corporation a couple of years later. And, you know, women in aviation, women are only, what, 3% of CEOs right now? And so it's, you know, a lot of women that I became friends with and collaborated with at companies like Boeing and Raytheon and Northrop Grumman, um, it's very challenging. I will say Raytheon does a better job than any of the DoD defense companies. They have a lot of women in leadership positions, and have for a very long time. So I give them a huge gold star. Raytheon, by the way, for all the all the young ladies looking for career options. <laughs> um, but you know, the glass ceiling is still there. And what's challenging is, you know, we we seem to break it here and there. You know, one or two women will do amazing things, and then a lot of us expect a flood of women behind them to follow, and it just doesn't always happen. So I think there's still a lot of stereotypical, unfortunate perceptions of women in aviation and aerospace, and I think we're making progress. But honestly, Fiona, I think it's just not enough progress, and not no, it's fast. not.
1: And and I've I mean I've worked um, for and and with women at multiple aerospace organizations, and it absolutely horrifies me when some of them tell me I do not want my daughter to come into this industry. You know, those are real world words from real women in major aerospace organizations. And so mm-hmm. if the women that are in the industry can't <laughs> convince people that, you know, they are related to or that they know to follow in our footsteps, then, you know, what what can we do? And that's why with Leading Ladies, we're so, so passionate about, about what we do, um, because we've got to give women the tools to... Not just survive, but thrive in the industry while they're in it, so that they can see past the the challenges that everybody's facing, and and, and know that you know they're doing this for something bigger than themselves. I think that's really really important because um, it's it's a hard it's a hard battle. I started at Rolls Royce in two thousand and seven, um, and they were I think they were at thirteen percent women back then, and now they're at eighteen percent, and had some amazing experiences there. Um, my experience as a woman was actually far worse actually in the US, which surprised me. Um, and it could just be the nature of, of the companies that I was working with and for, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but it was it, it wasn't until I was about 27 that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a woman and this is a challenge. Oh, dear but that's not that's not kept me quiet
2: <laughs> no and, and i'm not i hate to say it but i'm not surprised by your comment about the united states i've worked internationally a lot and i definitely think we are behind the power curve for sure
1: yeah yeah and um, there's various reasons i believe for that that i won't go into today but i really think that there could be some good work done if we were to partner with some of their european counterparts
2: okay. Agree, agree
0: which completely.
1: is completely contrary to like what you what you think when you when you're growing up in England and you think oh I'm gonna go to America land of the free you know it'll be great there and you're like what it, it's very interesting anyway anyway I digress <laughs> so the next question I always think of it as a weird question so I, I like to ask people when did you know that you'd broken through the glass ceiling and and the reason why I think it's a weird question is because I think that there's multiple levels to the glass ceiling. I mean, I broke through the glass ceiling, but it didn't, it didn't mean that I didn't carry on like hitting my head or having shards of glass thrown at me. Um, but I would say that as a woman, I, I have at least broken through some glass ceilings. And so for, for you, when did you first realize that the glass ceiling wasn't gonna stop you and you, you were gonna crack through them no matter what it took?
2: It's a really great question. I guess it was I guess it was for me the first time I got to a level of management that I was surprised to achieve. You know, I've like I've never aspired to be CEO of anything. It's just never been in my mind. Um, but the first time I had director in my title, at a DoD aerospace company, I thought, "Wow, you know, I really never thought I would hit this level." And there weren't many female directors, even let alone VPs or higher. So, you know, I think for each person, their glass ceiling, as you very well put, is is either at a different level of management in an organization or just means something completely differently. Um, so, I guess the first time is when when I reached director level at a company, which was in twenty thirteen. And then to be honest with you, I sort of felt it again when I started my own consulting firm, which was in 2018, because there aren't that many consulting companies in aviation led by women. Um, And I had, I don't know, six clients in the first year. So I did pretty well in the beginning. So I think that for me was another, you know, just hitting an achievement where you look around and it's all guys and then there's you, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. You wish there was another woman in the room,
2: but you're like, yes, at least I'm here. Yeah. woo <laughs> Yeah, mixed feelings for sure, yeah.
3: Uh, a question I have about that, because something that I've learned about you from your bio and just like studying your LinkedIn all this time is like you're really big on mentoring. So, and especially like kind of like the brief moments or like not the, the kind of informal stuff that's not like, oh, can you be my mentor? Can you like guide me through this? But like, what were some of like the the people along the way or experiences that kind of like mentored you to break through that class ceiling and get to that level finally?
2: Well, I'll be brutally honest with you both that I I really never had mentors when I was younger, which is part of why my career zigzagged is the term I like to use, uh, quoted from someone famous I heard speak once. Um, You know, one of the reasons I do so much mentoring is because I really didn't have many I would say, Matt, that there's really one woman who kind of mentored me and it was more that I just really looked up to her and used her as more of a role model. I mean, if I had an issue, I would go to her and I guess that's mentoring. Um, But she was the first uh, person to hire me into Raytheon, back to Raytheon. Um, She was director already at the time. We're about the same age. We have a lot in common. We're still very good friends. And throughout my career, I would kind of, um, when I was working with her, I would definitely use her in my mind as a mentor. We didn't have any kind of a formal relationship. And then the only other person that, that I'll highlight because she's been such an enormous, enormous mentor for me later in my career, is I met a woman named Krista probably 12 years ago now in the workforce. And we ended up both leaving that particular company at almost the same time, but Krista has multiple roles and multiple jobs, but she owns her own consulting firm as part of it. But Krista and I have not only been very good friends, but she is the most brilliant business wise woman and incredibly intuitive and insightful. And she has been what I call my career coach for 10 years and obviously my mentor. So literally in the last 10 years, I had not made a single career decision without running it by her, getting her insight, getting her her help. Um, And she also coaches me on how to handle difficult issues. Um, I I had a consultant client for a while who was extremely challenging for me to deal with in just the way he approached the company and and approached me, and I would constantly be setting up calls with Krista, going, "How do I do this without quitting?" <laughs> um, so I guess she's really been my strongest mentor, but but really, you know, the tail end of my career, honestly, I really wish I had had mentors when I was young, um, because figuring out your own path is really challenging, especially for women in male-dominated fields.
1: Yeah, my path. Um... Completely zigzagged. Um, I started off in planning and control. Then I was in again, um, and then I was in in forecasting for fleet operations. Um, then I went into project management. Then I went into sales and marketing, and I, I moved around a lot. And um, I actually made my choices based on which team I thought would be most supportive towards uh, me progressing. And so I actually actively looked for those managers um and I did have some mentors along the way probably much more informal than than formal mentors and I would in some way I find those those even more rewarding but I do agree I do agree with you like mentorship is is so important to helping young women and young men today but I, I do think young women need it more for the reasons we've spoken about um why do you think that mentoring will help to break the glass ceiling
2: I think it will just because learning from people who've been there before in the path you may be headed on is so huge. And you know, one of the things, if I can sort of get on my mentoring soapbox for a minute, um, for one of the things, one of the things I love about talking about mentoring and being a mentor is that there are so many different ways to do it and ways to help people. <clears throat> you know, there's as you mentioned, Fiona, there's a formal mentorship program, you know, that some companies have, you know, like at Boeing, for example, there was a formal program and you had to identify a mentor and record your relationship and meet once a month and take notes and have objectives. You know, it was very structured, which is great in the workplace if that's the kind of thing you want to do. But, um, a friend of mine, I actually put together a mentoring, um, panel, Mm -hmm for the International Aviation Women's Association last year. And one of the amazing women on my panel um, brought up the topic of accidental mentoring, where you either have someone come up and thank you for being their mentor and you didn't realize you were.
0: um,
2: Or or these brief moments where you just give someone inspiration and strength and just had no idea that that was coming, you know? Um, So I think it's so important for for people to find mentors not just to achieve the glass ceiling but you know the entire duration of, of your path in whatever career that you're going after or even if you aren't sure which career to go after
1: yeah i would argue that you know even if you're, you 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 want to stay at the level that you're at just having that mentor to to run run stuff by is hugely important wouldn't I would never guess that you'd had some of those experiences that you had and you know myself I've had some similar experiences and I think wow I wish I'd had a Jill in my life to to talk to about this (laughs) you know sharing sharing our stories of of the challenging things that have happened to us is just as important as the major accomplishments that we've had
2: Agree.
3: yeah 100% agree leadership's a big background for me I don't know if I've mentioned it on here before but I'm an Eagle Scout, so growing up, I got a ton of mentoring um, from an early age um, through through the scouting program, which was, uh, you know, I know it's had it's got some uh, PR issues right now, but like the program and troop that I had was like a very solid, like your classic, like we were just out camping and just doing, you know, your normal scouting knots and things activities and I think I even might have an aviation merit badge uh I can't remember now but that might that's be cool. <laughs> um haven't thought about it for so long but it's so important I mean um just like getting mentorship from like peers and that's what I love about your mentorship styles like it's not just the informal it's also the uh the brief interactions or like from the peers and I don't necessarily have to be older in a completely higher position um I kind of uh I was doing some mentoring last night with one of my co-workers um at the corporate place where I work. Um, And we were working on some uh, different assessment questions to, you know, get them through that and sharing that experience. So um, mentorship comes in all forms and it doesn't have to be formal. Love that.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite, if I could just share a quick mentoring story that I I like to share, because if I can do it without crying, um, I was asked to go back to my university, which is the University of Texas at Austin uh, two Novembers ago to be a keynote speaker for a couple of events. And after one of them, this young woman asked me if she could walk me to my car, my rental car. I said, sure. So we walked out to the parking lot and she stopped, You know, we're just chatting along the way. And she stopped, literally stopped in her tracks at one point. She looked up at me and she actually looked down at me. She was really tall. Um, And she said to me, you know, I'm in my freshman year and I have so much to learn. And she looked at me and she said, she said, I've lived my whole life so far in fear and after meeting you and hearing you speak tonight, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I was just, you know, completely blown away. And that was like a mentoring moment. And I had no idea what I said during my presentation, or they, they kept me for like an hour asking questions after. I have no idea what I said to inspire her, like zero. But the fact that I had the kind of impact on this young woman, you know, it was it was a miraculous moment. And and these moments where you just inspire people. In any way. And and again, maybe sometimes don't even realize it. I think those are sometimes the most special ones.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to take a moment to pause and recognize GM Defense, our sponsor that helps make this podcast possible. GM Defense is driving the future of military mobility by leveraging the best in class capabilities of General Motors for unmatched innovation, proven performance and breakthrough lifecycle economics. Learn more at www.gmdefensellc.com and watch out for new job posts as they expand and strengthen their team. You can also follow them on Twitter and LinkedIn. The GM Defense team is amazing and we are proud that they sponsor the Leading Ladies of Podcast. And back to today's guest, and that's an amazing story, and I love it. Um, Is there any particular like experience where you've just seen a woman that you've mentored just like rocket ahead? Like, what's been your most rewarding experience? And I don't necessarily mean rocket ahead in her career, but just rocket ahead in some way. It could be confidence. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I do actually. I do have one. I think that that is super special. I have mentored quite a few women to help them get into military flight programs, both Air Force and Navy. But my favorite story as of today is, there's a young woman who was already in the Navy. Her name's Shay. She was already in the Navy when I met her as an enlisted woman actually working on uh, helicopter engines. And she already had her degree, but was somehow still enlisted in the Navy. But anyhow, I met her when I was president of the Women in Aviation International chapter in San Diego. She joined our chapter and got to know her quite well and found out that she really wanted to become a pilot and potentially someday maybe an astronaut. So I helped her get into Navy's officer candidate school, their their officer training program. And she, at the time, like every other 20-something who joins the Navy, wants to fly F-18s. Like, they all want to be fighter jets, fighter jocks. So she went down that path for a year and a half, almost two years, and ended up along the way deciding that it really wasn't for her, and she switched to the rotorcraft program, yeah. And it was, it was one of the bravest things I've seen anyone do. And I, and I mentored her and coached her, not just as a mentor, but as a friend through this transition, because to be honest, you know, as any young person would, she didn't want to be viewed as a failure of, of switching platforms, Yeah, which it turns out people do more often than you think. So what I'm so proud of, of Shay for is not only making that transition But incredibly successfully to where she did get her Navy wings of gold uh, Mm -hmm. a couple months ago, she called me and asked me to fly to Florida to be the one to pin them on her at the Navy ceremony, which was incredibly emotional, incredibly emotional. It is like the moment in a naval aviator's career that they never, ever forget. And now she has been reassigned to her operational squadron. She's learning to fly the MH-60, which is the Seahawk, that massive, massive gray Navy helicopter. Um, and she's happier than I think anyone on the planet right now. And again, path zigzagged, right? Yeah. But, but being, being a support to her during all of that, I mean, it's been, you know, a four-year journey so far almost. Um, I'm just so proud of how she got through that and yeah. came out you know happier at the other end and 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 had such a a challenging rightfully so transition in the middle of all that you know yeah so that that's i think my story of the day
1: and i love i really love that you share that because i think one of the things that women often do in aerospace or at least something that i've done is in some way the ego takes over and and when I, when i what i mean that is like we're like I want to be this because there's never been a woman before and that's good, but are you doing it from your heart? Or are you doing it because the chip on your sho- shoulder is so big? Um, and I was in that position a few years ago. I was, uh, I was working for an aerospace nonprofit and my goal was to become the CEO. And actually, you know, six months in, I was asked, you know, will you apply to be the CEO? And I'd been working with coaches and I realized that that role wasn't for me. I didn't need a CEO title to, because to be that CEO, I would have had to have given up a lot of the other work that I was doing that was impacting people. And that meant something to my heart. It was all about my head. It was not about my heart. And, you know, sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, well, it would have been good to have CEO on the resume, but I don't think I would have been happy but it is really hard when you've been scrappy and, and, and fighting for those you know first woman positions to actually say, you know what? Actually, I might be happier doing this instead and, and I might have a greater impact. So I think that's a really, really important part of mentoring is not just telling people to keep shooting for the stars, but to do what's going to make them really happy.
2: Yeah, that's definitely, definitely true. And I think that so many... Again, especially women um, fall into this trap where they feel more obligated to do what's quote expected of them, whether that's from family or peers, or leadership or what have you. And you know, one of the things I really try to do with people is to try to help them help them figure out really what where their heart is, you know. And you know, and for me, as just another example, had I not failed officer training school in the Air Force when I was whatever age, Um, I would not have done the rest of the things I've done in my life, probably. And, you know, right now, looking back, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I don't know if I would have gotten into the amount of outreach and mentorship, which to me is the most important thing I do, even though it's the only thing that doesn't pay. Um, (laughs) I would have been so, you know, head down as, as an Air Force officer. I don't know. I probably would have done outreach at some level but I probably wouldn't have met the people that I've been able to mentor and help and, and everyone else in my career. So, you know, back to my mother's mantra of everything happens for a reason. Um, I think that, that as a mentor, you have to be cognizant of that when you're mentoring folks, again, at any level, that the path that they're on may actually not be the right thing for them and to help them through that if they figure that part out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> So what would your advice be to women out there that are thinking, okay, it's time for me to step forward and be a mentor?
2: Well, my number one advice is just do it, just do it because so many people don't do it. And I guess my, my, my number one message is what I said earlier. There's so many different ways to be a mentor. So It doesn't have to be a massive ongoing regularly scheduled time commitment. You know, um, I've very often mentored people by, you know having coffee with them once or twice help them answer some questions and move on. Um, I also think that an easy way to be a quote mentor is to try to, um, I know it's challenging with COVID right now but, you know, try to be a guest speaker at a school at career day, I've done that many times. Um, you know, be a guest speaker at, at, you know, any place where there's people that, <laughs> that are trying to figure out what to do with their lives. And, and, you know, if you are in a position to find someone to mentor who wants a regularly scheduled long-term commitment and you have the ability and the interest in that, of course, that's fine as well. But my biggest message is there's so many different ways to inspire people and help them and coach them. Um, you know, mentoring can be helping someone look for a scholarship, you know, there, there's so many ways to be a mentor. And I would encourage really anyone at any level of their career to, there's always somebody that you can help always, you know, either if it's someone younger, you know, behind you in, in the career field, or as we've talked about, you know, it doesn't have to be someone younger. Um, everyone can benefit from someone giving them guidance. That's, that's really the message. So you know, get out there and be that person to give them guidance, because I've just seen it change lives just over and over and over again, not just from me, but from friends of mine who do a lot of outreach and mentoring as well. It's just so important.
3: Yeah. So with mentoring being so incredibly important and, you know, this is the leading ladies of, and also male allies, how does, how do men factor into like the mentoring role? Like, and how can they help?
2: They can just help by being there, as well as the women. You know, I, I have some friends who are women who are extremely successful, and all of their mentors have been men. You know, I've had I've had amazing role models in my career that have been men. Um, I think the biggest message to our male allies is just to be aware that gender shouldn't matter. <laughs> And you should be out there helping anyone that you see um, either people who are struggling or people with exceptional ability, you know, there's, there's all ends of the spectrum. Um, And I just, I really wish, I really wish everyone could just be gender agnostic and just not even pay attention to gender. That that's my dream in life. I know it won't happen in my lifetime, but you know, mine. (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, right. You know, and it's so funny, it's, I probably shouldn't say this on camera, but, you know, I've been a member of Women in Aviation International for 20 years now, you know, doing nothing but helping women get further ahead in these fields. And I really hope someday they go out of business and aren't needed. I really do. You know, I I really wish there wasn't any need for organizations of any minority, quote unquote. You know, we have so many organizations You know, there's there's Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals. There's, you know, Hispanic pilots. There's the National Gay Pilots Association. There's so many of these. And I really wish we didn't need any of them. But we do, you know, because we are where we are. And, you know, I used to be a Star Trek fan and (laughs) Star Trek in reality would be nice someday where no one cares what you look like or who you love. It would be really nice. But I think we're far from it.
3: Amen. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, anybody who's listened to the past couple episodes or has followed me really closely on LinkedIn knows it's my goal to, uh, send a, I mean, an unofficial race to Mars, uh, trying to get the first human crew there. And via this podcast, uh, Fiona gave me the great idea that let's make it an all female crew and all women crew. Um, so for that, what role do you think mentoring will like play in that and trying to, you know, get us to there?
2: Oh, I think it would be huge, hugely awesome, and and would require a lot of mentoring. You know, the, I mean, there's actually quite a decent percentage of of women astronauts that that have been up. And uh, I have a friend who's an astronaut, and I think she last told me that the percentage of women in the NASA official astronaut corps, I think it's almost thirty percent. So it's it's getting very high. Um, And I I guess, you know, the mentoring, you know, because going to Mars is going to be obviously extraordinarily challenging. And those, anyone who's going to be going to Mars, male or female, is definitely just going to have to find people who've been in space before, you know, whether you're actually find people who've been in space before. And also, I think, look for mentors on the side of the companies that are actually manufacturing the vehicles that will be going up because there's a lot of benefit in having connections to everyone who's related, in my opinion, to the activity that you're about to embark on. So, you know, the astronauts, no astronaut is successful without understanding a lot about the vehicle (laughs) and the training they go through is incredible. So even looking for mentors in those worlds, I think will be really important.
3: Noted, writing that down right now. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) so I think a really really important final question today Jill for all the people listening that I thinking well how do I find a mentor what advice would you give to women out there who are desperately seeking a mentor how do you go about finding one
2: actually my favorite path for that is really not to look for it in the workplace My favorite path for people is to look for it in all of the supportive membership organizations that are around us, and there's so, so many of them. Um, You know, I've mentioned Women in Aviation International. I'm also a member of Women in Aerospace. I've been a member of AIAA, which is the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics for over 30 years. Uh, Phenomenal mentor opportunities in those worlds. Um, Society of Women Engineers, I've been a member of for over 30 years. So they all, without exception, they all encourage student members. So again, if you're talking next generation, I know we're not talking exclusively the younger folks, but, you know, all of these organizations, some of them even have formal, like I'm in the mentor database for WAI. People can go in and look me up and, you know, ask me to be be a mentor. All of these organizations offer in my opinion, not only mentors of all different kinds, levels of of management, different slices of the industry, but the same organizations usually have scholarships and educational programs and professional development. So if you reach out to some of these organizations, you can get more than just a mentor, but I think they're the best place. Obviously you can find people in your own workplace, but, I just feel like people having mentors that are from slightly diverse universes is important too. So, I mean, if you're at Boeing and you want to spend 30 years at Boeing and never want to leave, then maybe you find a mentor within Boeing, but I'm just a huge fan of, of diversity of all of your thought process and your experiences. So. Reaching out to these organizations and finding mentors that maybe you wouldn't have ever thought of would be a mentor to you. Most people will say yes to a mentor request, especially as I mentioned earlier, if you're not looking for something super time intensive. Um, But just someone to give you a few pieces of advice and listen to you for a while. Um, I actually mentored a young man uh, about a year ago for a short bit. We ended up doing We tried to set up Zoom sessions and our schedules didn't align. So it was all email, but I was able to help him with like picking the right um, company. He was getting ready to graduate from college and he saw me on LinkedIn and reached out. Um, So again, since there's so many ways to find a mentor um, and I would also say LinkedIn, you know, and again, I I, I failed to say this earlier, Matt, but, you know, we all can't thank you enough for what you did to, to put this list of, of women together. And, um, you know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit now, some of us that are on the list and I've gotten quite a few personal requests just for, for connecting with folks. But, you know, LinkedIn is, is my favorite social media platform. If I had to ditch all but one, I would, I would only keep LinkedIn. And I've met amazing people on LinkedIn. Um, I have actually recently asked someone to be my mentor on LinkedIn Um, who I've been following and stalking for a while. Um, So LinkedIn's, I guess, my second answer, Fiona. So I'm a, you know, I'm a huge fan of
1: LinkedIn. So, you know, (laughs) we have the um, leading ladies of aerospace LinkedIn page and the leading ladies of defense LinkedIn page. And between the two, we've got over 2000 members now. And my dream for those groups is that people look for other women in those groups and say, hey, can you, can you be my mentor? You know, I keep saying, hey, I don't want this group to be the Fiona show. I want this to be our show. And yeah. in fact, just yesterday, somebody went in there and said, I'm thinking of taking a step down to move to another company. Could people give me some advice, please? And people were responding and saying, yeah, I'll jump on the phone with you. happy to talk to you about it. I'm like, yeah! Perfect, Perfect. Yeah. You know, that that's mentoring. It doesn't have to be this formal thing. It's, you know, jump into the group. Um, but yeah, all those great organizations that I've mentioned that you've mentioned um, for our listeners, if you head over to Mackayunlimited.com and hit podcast, um, you will it'll take you to Jill's page and we'll make sure that all the links to those organizations and those um, mentoring programs are in there. So you know, get on the get on the leading ladies LinkedIn pages, look there, and if you want something more formal, get on the on my website and go head over to these amazing organizations.
3: Yeah. And then for our listeners, I wanted to mention too on that LinkedIn bit, like LinkedIn is amazing. And I'm so happy that I could give this to all of you. This is what I was hoping would happen. And you heard that Jill's a great coach and Fiona's an amazing coach as well. So definitely reach out to her for mentorship. Um, But also, I don't know if it's been mentioned on this already, but she's a leading lady of aerospace as well. She made the list and I don't know if she's mentioned that in her intro, but uh, like Jill, she's also on that list as, as an amazing person. So definitely reach out to either one of them.
1: Oh, thank you, Matt. I am on the list, but um, you, 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 if you shouldn't really talk about yourself, other people should talk about yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank your you, Matt. Coach. I appreciate that. Well, Jill, Matt, it's been a pleasure. I could talk to you all day long, but it's it's Saturday, and I know you guys want to go enjoy your friends and family. So, thank you both for being here, and to all of our leading ladies and male allies listening. You know, thanks for tuning into the podcast, and we can't wait until we meet again. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you now have additional tools and insights for creating your own cracks in the glass ceiling. If you think this will inspire and help others, please share this episode on your social media and leave your comments on mckayunlimited.com forward slash podcasts. For more tips and support as you embrace your journey through the glass ceiling, please join our community Facebook group, at leadingladiesoffb.com.